0: Love me fear me. You gotta... Welcome,
1: welcome, welcome. I want to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen. And, you know, watching DeAndre Hopkins make that catch on Sunday, it's kind of... It, it was it was joyous at the moment. For people that didn't watch, DeAndre Hopkins probably made the catch of the year. Uh, the Bills marched down the field, and Stephon Diggs thought he scored the game-winning touchdown. Hell, almost everybody in the in the whole arena thought, or whole stadium, thought that Stephon Diggs scored the game-winning touchdown, and Arizona came back and Kyler Murray heaved a Hail Mary and uh DeAndre Hopkins caught it over three people. He caught it like Calvin Johnson did. I think it was against the the, the Packers one year, but he caught over three people. And even probably more no ain't that is the catch of the year. And it was a little bit of sweet. And I say that to say you know DeAndre Hopkins this year has been arguably the best wide receiver in the league. Like he his pairing with Kyler Murray has been a match made in heaven. Not only just not only for him but for Kyler. You know Kyler, you know being young in the league this being I believe his second year, it's like you want somebody that not only is a veteran but You want quality around you. The game, (laughs) the the name of the game is try to win at all costs. And that means try to get as many good pieces as you can. I mean, that's football. You know what I mean? No, that's not football. That's just sports. You want to collect the most talent on your team that gives you the best chance of winning. Hell, we're going to talk about a little later, but the NBA or there's some players in the NBA trying to do that right now. It's like you want to be the best team so you can win a championship. But this is why I said it was bittersweet. Because watching that play, watching that catch, watching DeAndre Hopkins this entire year. I can't help but look and think about Deshaun Watson. Sean Watson lost again on Sunday. I believe they're like one in six or one in eight or one in nine or something like that and a player a player that talented it's it's kind of like a player that talented shouldn't have to think of it like this. Bill O'Brien, who, by the way, is not even in the Houston organization anymore. Bill O'Brien said that they had enough pieces, which is one reason why they gave away pretty much DeAndre Hopkins. They gave him away for, like, uh, uh, David Johnson, who is in IR right now, and uh, some draft, I don't know, like a, a fifth rounder or something like that. DeAndre Hopkins. The same DeAndre Hopkins that we're seeing play as as he's playing this year, but Bill O'Brien came out before when he made that trade and was saying, you know, I feel us or we, as in Houston, has enough to, you know, has has enough pieces around Deshaun Watson. Right? Did you know? And I believe DeAndre Hopkins is probably a hundred yards away from totaling the amount of yards both Will Fuller and Kenny Stills have combined. And you wonder why Houston is struggling so much. And you want when we talk about poverty franchises, that's a poverty franchise. You have a franchise quarterback. You have one of the top ten best quarterbacks in the league, yet and still you. You do look. Think about this. Look who was. Look who was in. Look around the league and look who was in the Houston building. Right. Jadavion Clowney. You see what he did for Seattle. You see what he's doing for uh, Tennessee. Honey Badger. Uh, Tyron Matthew wins helps Kansas City Chiefs. And it is a very important piece for the Kansas City Chiefs winning a Super Bowl. It's like, you have, you know, it's, it's kind of like, it kind of reminds me of, you ever seen that team, where, look at Washington. It kind of reminds me of Washington a little bit, how nearly almost everyone that leaves Washington gets better. So it's it's just, it, it just sucks for Deshaun Watson, because when we say a player's years getting wasted that is what's happening with deshaun watson because this is a this is this is a a a wasted year they're not going to make the playoffs this is another year in his prime that's what that's that's squandered he's his offensive line still isn't good even though they gave away so much to get laramie Tunsil, who plays good on and off he it's 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 just you know it is And, and it goes back to you know, bas- basketball and football is different in, in 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 this type of way. While the organization can suck, for, for instance, and no, I'm not calling Deshaun Watson LeBron James, but look at Cleveland and LeBron James. Basketball, to me, is prob- probably the only team sport that one player can affect the entire team and can elevate an entire team, just one player. Hell, we see what what... You know, Steph Curry did when he got to Golden State. We see what LeBron James did when he got to the league. Hell, that 2007 team or 2017 Cleveland team that went to the championship had what, Booby Gibson, uh, Big Z? Like, none of them players should have even, they shouldn't have even touched the NBA finals. But because LeBron, you know, look at Houston when they got, uh, Hell, look at Houston when they got James Harden. Look at Houston when they got T-Mac back in the day. Look at uh, look at OKC or Seattle when they got Kevin Durant. It's like basketball is the only team sport to me where one player can truly have an effect on the entire organization. The NFL is different and football is different because you can have a player like Deshaun Watson. You can have a player like Aaron Rodgers. You can have a player like... I don't know uh Patrick Mahomes but if 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 there's nothing around him and that's because of the organization then it's you're going to struggle. So again, Deshaun Watson I'm saying all this to say bro. I feel bad for Deshaun Watson because when you can clearly look at this team or look at the Houston team and see that it's not him. It's not the you thought Kenny still, even though nobody in the world would have pegged Kenny stills as a number one option, but you have Kenny still or Will Fuller as a number one option. You had Kenny stills, you had Will Fuller, that didn't work. David Johnson, who you traded, for, uh, to you traded DeAndre Hopkins for, he hasn't really worked. It's like, it's like every outside of Deshaun Watson, every time you swing the golf ball, you miss or swing for the golf ball, you miss. And it's just, like I said, shouts out to DeAndre Hopkins for continuing to dominate, continuing to be one of the best wide receivers in the league. Cause shouts out to uh, the Cardinals for knowing how to use him and having a quarterback that, or let me not say having a quarterback, an organization that understands what they have and using them to perfection. And, just, uh, I feel bad for Deshaun, man, because a player like, that's what happened with Andrew Luck. The only difference is Andrew Luck kept getting injured. That's what's happening with uh, countless players, man. It's, it's all, and I said this before, it's all about fit, man. If you don't have, or if you're not putting your putting your players in the best position to win, it's like, what are you really doing? wasting time and it's it's tough when you waste talent against i mean in the nfl because that is one of the most if not the most brutal sport in the league it's like (laughs) you (laughs) the when i say waste years it's not like basketball man basketball yeah you can still shoot when you're 42 43 but football man you getting pounded bro so it's oh man i just i again it's just it just sucks when I when I see a town like Deshaun Watson, and I've talked about this before, but that catch really symbolized so much in this whole situation. It symbolized how great DeAndre Hopkins is and and how much of a perfect fit it is for Arizona. It symbolized just how important how important uh knowing what you have really is. It symbolized just how much Deshaun Watson doesn't have and had, and it also symbolizes, you know, the or uh, an organization can really ruin a career. And I believe that a, a person as great as Deshaun Watson should have a lot more than what one, yeah, one. I think playoff win. So, and they're not even going to touch the playoffs. Not to mention. You have J.J. Watt, bro. Like, it's... Let me move on. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let me move on. So, what I'm seeing from a lot of people is they want to be critical when they want to be critical. but they de- It's like they'll be critical in some situations, but they won't be critical in others. For instance, the game we saw Sunday night between the... New England Patriots and the Baltimore Ravens, Cam Newton and the Patriots uh, pulled up, pulled the upset in a monsoon, by the way, and beat Lamar Jackson. I I don't remember the score. I think it was like, I don't remember the score, but they beat Lamar. In fact, I can look it up. (laughs) But and here's why I said that a lot of people want to be critical in some situations and don't want to be critical in others. What did we see? The score actually was 23 to 17. But what did we see on Sunday or Sunday night? We saw Lamar Jackson pass the ball really well. We saw Lamar Jackson decision making outside of one bad pass to Hollywood Brown. His decision making was good. We saw the running game on both sides of the ball actually was really good. We saw Cam Newton look incredible, even though he didn't look like the Superman, but he was efficient. And the running game was efficient. Uh Jacoby Myers uh was well, he threw a touchdown, but he was good. Um Williams, the running back, was really good. That's what we saw. But what but what did we After the game, what do we hear? You heard, uh, Lamar Jackson still can't win the big games. You heard this is not the Cam Newton that we expected to see. The Cam Newton that you know where's the Cam Newton that rushes for a hundred yards and passes for two fifty, this that and third, and I'm just th- sitting back like, wait a second. One, it was a monsoon happening like that was I, <laughs> that was I, I, hey, it was a monsoon happening. Yet both quarterbacks, who by the way has a history of not making them or not having the most accuracy in the world where it was pretty accurate it was just you know people were dropping balls we know the wide receiver situation that uh, Cam Newton has but they still got criticized and in fact they didn't even <laughs> they didn't even take into consideration like I didn't hear one person say yeah well i mean it was also raining like profusely And the wins were were crazy I didn't hear not none of that You know what else I also didn't hear? We just talked about it I didn't hear anyone kill Josh Allen And the Bills for losing After they were supposed to win I didn't hear anybody kill I didn't hear anybody kill Uh uh <laughs> I didn't hear anybody kill uh Justin Herbert who yet again lost while having uh while having a lead to Tua Tagovailoa in the Dolphins. I haven't heard anybody kill uh Carson Wentz for losing to the Giants. You know why they're not killing these people, but they're killing Lamar Jackson and Cam Newton. Cam Newton, by the way, for winning. But you know why they're not killing him? Because people, when you're when when people live on a hill, right? You don't want to get off that hill because you don't want to be perceived as wrong. Some people don't, so they're gonna do every. They're gonna try take every little piece. That they can to build that hill up and to remain on top of that hill and to to be right. <laughs> so they're going to take oh Lamar ja- and don't get me wrong, yeah, Lamar Jackson has struggled when he you know against playoff teams. He has struggled against, when he's when he's trailing. He is one in seven when trailing, which isn't good, but. Again, a lot of people are taking that, but not looking at the totality of what we saw on Sunday night. Lamar Jackson played very well outside of one pass, one or two passes. He played really well. Cam Newton played really well. Hell, he got the win. And they were playing in some of the worst conditions you can play in. Now, again, I do think that, and I'll be the first to say, I do think that Lamar Jackson does need some improving. Of course, in the passing game, in the decision-making game, uh, he does need some more. Impro- the the team in general needs improving when it comes to. We, we've talked about this time and time again. They don't really have wide right receiver. Hollywood Brown would not be a number one in in any other organization outside of Baltimore. Uh, uh, prayers up to Boyle. Ah, uh, we he got hit and he's out for the season with a a bad. Uh, Uh, Leg injury. It it was pretty bad when we saw it. And now that's another thing. The Ravens are injured. Like they're they're starting to get depleted. I think they lost a left tackle, uh, and a lot of their defensive players were injured yesterday. I mean on Sunday. So it's just it. Again, shouts out to Cam Newton, the New England Patriots for winning. I mean, the, the Bill Belichick understands and knows what he has to do to win, especially when it comes to young quarterbacks, and especially when the elements aren't even in his favor. But you know, shouts out to and shouts out to Lamar. He had a really good game Sunday, even though they did not win. He did have a really good game. So shouts out to him. Um, you know who didn't have a good game? And it's I is Russell Wilson. You know. When you, you ever know, you ever been in a group project, right? You ever been in a group project and you know that you're, you're, uh, the people that you're putting a group with ain't about to do nothing like, or, or what they are about to do is just the bare minimum or not good. That is what is happening with the. Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is the captain of a, of a group project, and nearly everyone around him is not adequate enough to pick up the slack. You know, he's had the most turnovers this year than he's had, I think, his entire career, um, any year in his entire career. But it, you have arguably... One of the worst. If not the worst. Offensive line in the entire league. You have arguably. If not the worst. Defense in the entire league. And. If you shut down. Like we saw on Sunday. If you lock down or shut down. DK Metcalf. You don't really have much. Tyler Lockett is dealing with injuries again. So. What, what Russell Wilson feels he has to do is press and we're starting to see he's pressing a lot and with him pressing it's it's costing Seattle now I say it's costing Seattle because when you have so so little talent around you you have to be perfect and if you're not perfect it's going to show and it's going to affect the team if you're not perfect you're not going to win see the Seattle Seahawks is Russell Wilson. If Russell Wilson is not good, they lose. In fact, Colin Cowherd said this yesterday and I completely agree with him. If this, if Russell Wilson does not play good, if if Seattle did not have Russell Wilson, they would be arguably the worst team in the league. The the running game is always hurt and even, you know, Chris Carson is good, but he's not a number 1 like he's not a <laughs> Chris Carson isn't really it like that. DK Metcalf is, is an incredible athlete and a freak athlete, but he's still not that good with routes. Um, and he's not he's still a work in development when it comes to the wide receiver position. Tyler Locke has hurt a lot. And it's like, ever since the Legion of Boom left, the defense has been horrible. So, while, yes. I mean, Russell Wilson's throwing the interceptions. That's that's on Russell Wilson. But I, you have to understand that there's a reason why he is pressing as much as he's pressing because he sees and everyone should be able to see that if Russell Wilson does not play well, they're not winning. And it's not like uh, they might No, they're not winning. There is not another. I like, think about it like this. Drew Brees. If Drew Brees doesn't play well, and we'll talk about Drew Brees in a minute. If Drew Brees does not play well, you still have the running game. You know, you Alvin Kamara can still can still win you a game. The defense can still win you a game. Uh Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers is not playing well, you have Aaron Jones. The defense might be able to 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 sneak out a win. Hell, look at Patrick Mahomes. If Patrick Mahomes doesn't do well, you still have you still have the running game. You have Shady McCoy now. You have uh Clyde Edwards-Alaire. You have the defense that's in, that's improved. You have Tyreek Hill, and you could do some just sweeps and stuff. You don't have. They don't have to be great. Uh, you can go down the list. Tom Brady. You have Ronald Jones, as we saw, break out for a ninety-eight-yard touchdown, I believe. Um. You can, you can win that way. The defense, as we saw, has won games for them. Russell Wilson, what happens if Russell Wilson's out? The run game is not good enough to win. In fact, I, I implore you. I put money you cannot tell me who is the starting running back right now. <laughs> the running game isn't good. The defense, like I said, is god-awful. <laughs> it's just... I understand why Russell Wilson is pressing pressing. Now, yeah, it is costing his team, but you don't have much, man. It's 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 bad. It's bad over there. So, you know, again they lost this this all comes I think they lost like two or three straight. Two straight. Three straight, I believe. Um, but they lost to the Rams twenty three to sixteen. So and Russell Wilson had two—I think this was his first game in since, like, 2013 or something where he had uh, no touchdowns and, like, two interceptions. So, um, I understand—again, it doesn't—it doesn't—I I, can't—I'm I, not saying that uh, Russell Wilson has played incredible since I deemed him the MVP. He hasn't. Um, but you also got to see— And and the the reason why it was different, like, think about it like this also. The reason why it was so successful the beginning of the season, because it's the beginning of the season. Teams are still trying to fill you out. Teams are trying to see what you have. Teams are trying to see what you're going to run. And now that there's more tape, you're starting to see teams understand how to guard DK Metcalf. Teams understand how to get around that offensive line and get to the Russell Wilson, because Russell Wilson is also – running for his life all the time teams are starting to understand okay how can we shut down locket teams are understanding how can we throw on this defense how can we run on this defense it's that's why you're starting to see okay the real seattle is what we're seeing uh that's why i was a little skeptical and picking them as a Super Bowl contender because if Russell Wilson doesn't play well, and don't get me wrong, Russell Wilson is still incredible. Russell Wilson is still one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but if he doesn't play well, they don't have anything. So, yeah, that's that's that, man. Um, Moving forward. So here's why Drew Brees' injury is, to me, a blessing in disguise. So Blue, Drew Brees, he got hit pretty hard on Sunday and he has multiple rib fractures and a collapsed lung. Now, when I say blessing in disguise, I'm not saying it's good that Drew Brees got hurt. That's not what I'm saying. And I'm also not saying that I'm I hope for Drew Brees to get hurt. I hope Drew Brees comes back healthy. Hope Drew Brees comes back better than ever. I hope Drew Brees comes back this you know, the 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 incredible quarterback Drew Brees we've seen. I hope that I don't wish injury upon anybody. But here's why I said that it kind of can be a blessing in disguise. Because if you don't do you remember what two years ago when Drew Brees, I believe he like tore a ligament in his hand or something. He was out five games and then those five games, Teddy Bridgewater came in and I think they only lost one game. If 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 losing at all, and Drew Brees came back and he looked incredible down the stretch and he looked healthy, he looked rejuvenated, he looked good, and of course we know what happened in the in the in the playoffs, but he still looked he looked like the Drew Brees of that we're used to seeing. Early in this season, Drew or right now, Drew Brees doesn't uh, his it looks like his arm is cooked when it comes to throwing the deep ball. Drew Brees just doesn't look right, and. If you hearken back to like what I just said, when he fractured or when he like tore ligament in his thumb or whatever, those five weeks or so, um, those five weeks or so, were Drew Brees was able to rehab. He was able to regenerate himself. He was able to get healthy. So when he comes back, he played incredible. Who's to say this isn't the same type of situation? Now, yes, I understand that a fractured ribs and a collapsed lung is a lot more serious than a a finger ligament, but he's able to rehab. He's able to get healthy. And you have Jameis Winston, who, by the way, (laughs) while he is an interception uh, monster, while he's an interception machine, he's also, you know, he also does throw touchdowns. Like, he had, what, 30 interceptions and 30 touchdowns. That's still a lot of touchdowns. And... The defense playing how they are, having Alvin Kamara, having Michael Thomas, having Jared Cook, uh, Taysom Hill is able to do some things. They have enough pieces to win. I mean, I, I think that the Falcons next week. So, well, I, we know how bad the Falcons defense is. Um, it's, it's. Uh, who's to say that Drew Brees doesn't come back? I don't know. Probably before the playoffs, he's probably going to miss. I think they're saying miss. Three to five games. Uh, who's to say he doesn't come back and play incredible? Who's to say he doesn't come back and looks rejuvenated and and is able to push uh, the Saints over the top to try to make it to Super Bowl? And I'll, and, I'll, and I'll and I'll move on from there. One thing that one one question that I have after watching what is it week ten? We're in week ten. Who are who is the best team in the NFC? Because I watch, <laughs> I watch the Bucks, and one week they look incredible. One week they look horrible. They played yes, or they played Sunday against the Panthers and looked incredible. Like I said, Ronald Jones had that ninety-eight yard rush. Uh, Tom Brady looked good. Tom Brady was getting Antonio Brown involved. He looked good, and they beat the Panthers forty-six to twenty-three. We remember just a week before how they looked against the Saints. Uh, So they're inconsistent. The Green Bay Packers, they won against the Jaguars 24 to 20. But we under, and I know they're seven and two, which I think is the second time or second year in a row, which I don't know if anybody remember, but my preseason predictions, I said that Green Bay season was going to mirror the or the previous one, but I'm not, I'm not too long or. But Green Bay, they look incredible some weeks. And then we remember when they played Tampa Bay and they looked horrible. I mean, there's not one person in the NFC East that, that looks good. Not the Washington, not Dallas, not Giants or Eagles. Um, I mean... The Cardinals, I know they're six and three, but their defense is still god awful. It's it's a lot of Kyler Murray being special, DeAndre Hopkins being special. We we know, like I said, the Seahawks their problem. They have it's, it's Russell Wilson or nothing. The Rams, again, I know they're six and three, but the Rams can look bad. The Rams have looked horrible some nights and then great some nights. Uh, we just saw last night with the Falcon. I mean, with the Vikings. I mean, they're four and five who who is the best team in the nfc and i think that to me has been the quiet story of this entire season it's like who who can who do you trust to to in the nfc to um to be to, to to be that best team cuz if you look if you go over to the AFC you have Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes you have the undefeated Steelers who just destroyed the um the Bengals i think they won 36 to 10 they destroyed them and they're they're 9 and 0 you you have um the 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 Bills who even though they did lose they're 7 and 3 you have the Raiders that look good they're 6 and 3 you have I mean, you have the Ravens, even though they did lose their six and three, I get, again, the Chiefs is, uh, eight and one. It's like, who, 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 who is the best team in the NFC? I think, you know, once that, that question is able to be answered, then you move it forward. Cause there are teams there, you know, for the longest, the NFC to me has been better than the AFC, like hands down, uh. But if you look today, hell, the Colts are 6-3. The Titans are 6-3. and three. And, yeah, the Saints might be the best team, but the Saints have looked bad. And we need to see now what they're going to look like with Jameis Winston. So, I think that has been a, a real underlining uh, story this entire offseason. Who is the best NFC team? And I think... Once that team start, I don't know who's gonna break away right now. It might look like the the Packers. It could look like the Bucks. It could be the Saints. I don't know. But once there's some clarity in that, I think that it's gonna be a lot easier when we start to determine, you know, who who is quote unquote Super Bowl contention or not. Because again, it's I'm not confident in saying anybody is the best team in the NFC right now. Seeing. As what I've seen this entire season, and don't get wrong, I'm not saying that there aren't good teams. Like I said, you have a a cluster of really good NFC teams, but <laughs> it, it, it it I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and before I move on, <laughs> before I move on, uh, from in a, from football. I want to talk about something. So, Washington football team they did lose to the Detroit Pistons or Detroit Pistons, Detroit Lions uh, thirty to twenty seven. Alex Smith made an incredible com- or made a great comeback, but Matt Prater uh, hit a fifty nine yard field goal as time expired to win the game. I get it. You know, a lot of people ask or or question why. Majority of Bill Belichick assistants that get head coaching jobs while it doesn't work out. And I'm going to focus on Matt Patricia because an article, a story came out this week saying, or last week, saying that Matt Patricia is pretty much not even a hot seat. His seat's pretty much burned, it's pretty much over with. They have a losing record since he's been there. And The Patriots way has not worked in Detroit. And we see, we hear that a lot when we went, when, when it comes uh, to a lot of Bill Belichick's old systems that don't work, the Patriots way didn't work. Well, here's the reason why it doesn't work because you're not the Patriots. (laughs) And I say that to say the Patriots do something or the Patriots organization does something that no organization does. No, and, and 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 it's very tough. It's very tough because you see some of the best players. To you see some of the best players, it it, it, it doesn't work for them. What the what the Patriots way is this? You come in and it's not it's not going to be you. You're not going to be a superstar. Your numbers aren't going to be that incredible. It's more about the team and the, instead of you. Hell, when you have Tom Brady who is the goat of quarterbacks getting yelled at constantly by your head coach and he's cool with it. You're not going to see that too often. Hell, we've seen wide receivers get yelled at and we've seen wide receivers not touch the ball. Hell, you remember what happened at the end of the Randy Moss years in in New England a lot of times it's gonna it's not gonna work because you're not the Patriots Matt. Matt, the 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 Detroit Lions is not the Patriots you don't have the defense like the Patriots you don't have the court Matt Stafford as great as his arm is Matt Stafford is not uh <laughs> is not Tom Brady Management is not the crafts. Matt Patricia is not Bill Belichick, and players aren't don't buy players aren't one as good as the Patriots. But players don't buy into the Patriots way because it's tough to do. When you get when you have, to, and, and I'm not saying that that uh, I'm not saying that you always should, or I'm not saying you always shouldn't. But what I'm saying is. When you have players that's making more than coaches, it's it's, it's kind of tough to to get them to buy into okay, yeah, I know you're making all this money, but it's not it's not just you, bro. It's not you know it's the team. It's not you. That's why it hasn't worked because I know it's, it's it sounds simple, but it's it's true. You're not the Patriots, and it's not that's not just a You're not the. that's not just a saying as you're, you know, you're clearly not the organization, but it's a mindset and you have to buy into that mindset and teams, a lot of teams and a lot of players don't buy into that mindset. Hell, some players don't even buy into the Patriots mindset that's been in the Patriots. Look at so many, look at a lot of defensive players that they let go. Look at a B like look at the end of Randy. Look at what happened when Randy Moss did buy-in they go damn. they go undefeated in the regular season and damn near have a perfect season until they met the Giants in the Super Bowl look at what happens when he didn't he was shipped out of there so I just think you know no I'm not saying Matt Patricia is a good coach I'm not saying that at all but what I am saying is there's a reason why a lot of these coaches you know a lot of them do not make it a lot of let me say a lot of Bill Belichick's old assistants don't make it because they're not Bill Belichick and, the, and they're not the Patriots. And that's not just a team thing. It's a mindset thing. They're they're not the Patriots. So, um, let, let's move on to to the NBA. So. The 2020 draft is tomorrow And. This isn't that strong of a draft outside of maybe the top 10. I mean, yeah, you have LaMelo Ball. You have James Meisman. You have uh, Anthony Edwards. You have Obi Toppin. You have players like that. But this isn't a, that strong of a draft. And when I say that strong of a draft, there are talented players. Don't get me wrong. There are talented players in this draft. But when I say not a weak draft... Why do you draft players? You draft players to improve your team. But let me say this. Why do you usually the first 10, 15 picks you're, let me say this. the first 10, the first 10 picks. You're hoping that these are, let me, let me, let me narrow it down. The first five picks you're hoping that these players are franchise changing players, you're hoping that these players are going to come in and just complete hit from day one and be great. And what we see, we don't really see that a lot. I mean, maybe outs. let me see the last time I can remember the first five being just knockouts and it's not going to be all five. Let's say three out of five game changers were was maybe the draft that had James Harden yeah no yeah I think not yeah I don't know but the one that's really stuck sticking in my mind is the LeBron James draft you know LeBron James went one you know you had Melo you had Chris Bosh you had D Wade of course you had Darko Milicic but um you expect the, the, at least the top five to be game changers or to to um, to just change your organization. Turn it around. And I don't know if, I mean, yeah, LaMelo Ball's good. But I don't know if, and I think he'll be really good in the NBA, don't get me wrong. But I don't know if he's a changing. I don't know if he's an organizational changer. I don't know if Anthony Edwards, how great is he is, I don't know if he's an organizational changer. James Wiseman might be, but he needs to be in the right organization, not to mention the way that the league is going and the style in the which the league is. I don't know how, he's, a more, he's more of a traditional big man. I don't know exactly how much he'll be able to affect the team if he doesn't go to the right organization. Look at Obi Toppin. He's probably the 2020 version of of uh, Amari Stoudemire, but he has trouble shooting the ball. So, again, I don't know. Um, When I say this is a weak draft, yeah, there's incredible players, but I don't know how many game changers or how many franchise changers there are. But, you know, the the, the 2020 draft is tomorrow. Uh, Free agency starts November 20th. Um, and the season starts December 22nd. Uh, there's, they not, there's not going to be any all-star game. There will be an all-star break, but no all-star game. Uh, the season, the, the stuff came out. Um, but what I really, what the big news I want to talk about is NBA trades start, was it, starting yesterday, NBA trades were able to be finalized and go through, and we've already seen two big ones. Late last night, we saw uh, Drew Holiday getting traded to the Bucks, which to me is huge. Even though Drew Holiday isn't a traditional point guard, and I think that the Bucks need more of a traditional point guard, I need more of a player that can create his own shot. Drew Holiday, one, can create his own shot, and two, Drew Holiday is such a great under, underrated player, I think that he he's nothing but positive for... Um, for the Bucks, and I do think I don't remember. I think he got like the Pelicans got a couple draft picks and a couple players. I mean, but Drew Holiday is a really good player, and the Pelicans have been trying to get off Drew Holiday for a minute, not because he's not a good player, but because they're trying to get that cap space so they can, you know, they they're 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 pretty much in the middle of a rebuild mode. Um, let's see what they're gonna do if they're gonna keep Lonzo Ball let's see if they're going to keep Brandon Ingram, I think right now, the real untouchable player is Zion Williamson, I think everyone else, even though I wouldn't trade Brandon Ingram, I don't know, I might, if I get a good deal, I might trade Lonzo, I might trade Josh Hart, but I think the real untouchable piece is is, um, Zion, so yeah, I think that was a really good trade for the Bucks, seeing as though they didn't get who they were going to get, which I guess brings me to the next trade that we saw, was CP3 going to Phoenix. I think this is huge for Phoenix. I do think Phoenix gave up a lot. You know, they gave up Kelly Obrey. They gave up a couple players. They gave up a, draft, a couple draft picks. But I think you got to think of it like this. I don't know the last time phoenix one was in the playoffs one two i don't know the last time phoenix was not in a quote rebuild stage at some point you have to get about that rebuild you know what i mean like at some point that rebuild stage has golden state was in a rebuild golden state was in a rebuild for maybe two no i'll say maybe four years and then boom you hit. They hit. They hit on the draft a couple times, getting uh, Steph Curry, getting Clay Thompson, getting uh, Draymond Green, getting Harrison Barnes. Then you hit in free agency. You get. Uh, you get. You trade Montells to get Bogut. You get Andre Iguodala. You get, of course, the big catch, which is Kevin Durant. But they were in a rebuild. At some point, you have to get about that rebuild. And for the longest, we've been saying that one thing that Phoenix is missing is a competent and all-star level point guard. You have De- uh, Devin Booker. You have DeAndre Aiden. You just need a point guard. And I think that Chris Paul, even though he is in the later, latter half of his career, as we saw last year with OKC, he was great i think he'll do wonders for phoenix i think that this can put phoenix over the top as in i think that they're good enough right now to maybe be a playoff team and i say that because someone's gonna have to drop and what we're gonna talk about later i have one team that most definitely is going to drop if some moves happen but I think that CP3 will be really good for Phoenix now. Again, I do f- think Phoenix did give up a lot. And shouts out to OKC, even though I kill OKC all the time cuz you had this is you had James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, Victor Oladipo, and now Chris Paul all on your team and you've only been to one championship. I, and you lost it. I do, I think that is... We talk about how great the front office is, but when you have that much talent and you don't go nowhere, and now probably Danilo Gallinari is probably going to get traded. So, I, you know, but you they do have like 27 or 28 first-round picks uh, from now to 2027 to me, which is uh, huge as terms of trade assets. So... I do think, uh, like I said, OKC, I mean, Phoenix gave up a lot, but you got what you wanted. You wanted a competent point guard to go alongside Devin Booker, try to get the ball out of Devin Booker's hands. Not saying, you know, completely take it out of his hands, but get the ball out of Devin Booker's hands. Allow a competent uh, point guard and Chris Paul to, uh, you know, orchestrate the team. I think he did pretty good, you know, so. But. The big news, the huge news is in Houston. <clears throat> so here's here's all that's happened to Houston this offseason. GM, Daryl Morey, leaves. He goes to Philly. Mike D'Antoni leaves. He is now an assistant coach for the Brooklyn Nets, I believe, and... He's an assistant coach, which is ironic. He's an assistant coach to Steve Nash, who he coached and got and helped him get two championships. I mean, two MVPs. Then you have Russell Westbrook, which is the biggest news. Russell Westbrook and James Harden unhappy with their with their roles. Then you have Russell Westbrook on his birthday come out and say, I want out. I demand a trade. He didn't give a destination or anything. He just demanded a trade. Then yesterday or two days ago, moving on to or spilling over into yesterday, James Harden tells Wode she wants out. And the only teams that he wants to go to is Brooklyn or Philly. But which is actually funny because Daryl Morey is now with Philly and Mike D'Antoni is with Brooklyn. But so now what happens? Now you have a you have two disgruntled stars because they haven't been traded yet. You have a coach and a new coach who now has to deal with all this mess. James and and here's the thing: this can go one of two ways. You can acquiesce. And give James Harden what he wants and Russell Westbrook what he wants and get them out of there or and trade them to a destination up there to their liking. You can B, get Russell Westbrook and James Harden out of there, but trade them to whoever's going to give you the most because the the Houston Rockets are already saying that they're going to they want a haul for James Harden and they're going to want a lot for Russell Westbrook. Or you can do C. Don't trade him. <laughs> I mean, Russell Westbrook's still in the contract. James Harden's still in the contract, even though he did decline a hundred and three million, like two year 103 million dollars. Which I mean, you, do you know how, how much how balling you gotta be to decline a hundred and three million? But that's neither here nor there. And here's the thing about both Russ, let's talk about Russell Westbrook first. Who here's the thing. When we talk about championship teams and teams that give you the best opportunity to win, what team is saying, you know what's gonna get us over the top? Russell Westbrook? People are people are telling me the Clippers, but I don't see it because you you know you have Kawhi Leonard who wants the ball. You have Paul George who wants the ball. You're going to have to give up Lou Williams. Uh, probably going to have to give up Montrez Harold. Probably going to have to give up Patrick Beverly. And probably going to have to give up Landry Shamit Because of uh, how big Russell Westbrook's contract is, you might, well, you're probably going to keep Landry But you're going to have to give up Zubats in a draft pick. How is that going to help you? Because then you decimate your bench. And you, you, you've been saying that you need a pure point guard, yet and still, Russell Westbrook is not a pure point guard. I There's r- reports coming out saying that Rondo is, you know, the, the Clippers are interested in Rondo, and I think that would be more of a fit than Russell Westbrook. So the Clippers are out. Lakers, one, can't afford him because they're going to have to re-up on Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis just declined his player option, expecting to get a bigger contract from the Lakers. You you can't afford him, and I don't see that working with LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, because they both need the ball, and uh, <laughs> and Anthony Davis seeing as though Russell Westbrook can't shoot the ball, so he's gonna re- he's gonna do most of his work in the mid range and the paint where Anthony Davis high, So no, Golden State, <laughs> no, <laughs> like. That's two point guards, one of which, need, both of which need the ball, and you don't want Curry playing the two. Russell Westbrook can't shoot. Uh, you don't want to take the ball out of Curry's hands and Clay Thompson's hands. So no, Milwaukee, no, because him, he, him and Giannis pretty much play the same way. Philly, no, because you have Jim, you have uh, Ben Simmons who needs the ball, and you have. Uh, Joel Embiid who else Who like who else do you, does Westbrook look and say I will make them a championship team and then what championship team or championship caliber team looks at Westbrook and says you know what <laughs> you're a missing piece now there's so I can see Westbrook going to the Nets not the Nets the Knicks Where it's just Westbrook to me needs to go will or more than likely will end up in a team. One that has no chance of being in the playoffs and two can get his can can pick up his contract. And that's mostly bad teams like the Knicks, maybe or the Bulls, maybe like I, I don't see a market for Westbrook. Now, no, I'm not saying Westbrook's over with, but I don't see a solid market for Russell Westbrook. Which is why it's it's a lot more baffling to me seeing as though I understand that, you know, you you won the ball in your hands. I understand. And this this is the problem. This is the problem when you don't adapt. Don't get me wrong. Russell Westbrook is still an incredible, incredible player. For only player in NBA history to average a triple-double three years in a row. He's still an incredible player. But this is what adapting is. And this is what happens when you don't adapt. You know, the league is not, uh, the league is more of a shooting league. When you have centers that sh- that shoot the ball, when you have centers like Jokic who, who shoots the ball all the time or, you know, when you, wh- this is a shooting league and when you're a guard who game is predicated on attitude and athleticism and you can't shoot, when you get to situations like this and there are teams that could use you, But we'll look back like, wait, do we really need Westbrook or like, what do we really need? Think about it. A player with Westbrook's talent should not look at the market and doesn't see a or to me won't get a haul for a player as great as Russell Westbrook because of the way Russell Westbrook plays. Russell Westbrook is going to if he doesn't stay in Houston, he's going somewhere. And I guarantee you, wherever he goes, they are not, you're going to look at him like, "Uh, I mean, yeah, they got Westbrook, but I don't think they're a championship team. I was wrong. I was wrong when I, I was one of the people, (laughs) I don't know why, but I was one of the people that thought that Russell Westbrook and James Harden would work, even though they pretty much play the same way. The only difference is James Harden shoots a lot better, but We've seen this now. We've seen what Westbrook looks like with a superstar or with superstars because he's played with, like I said, he played with uh, KD. He played with James Harden. He played with Paul George. He played with Melo. He played with Victor Oladipo. He's played with great players, and he has yet to make it out of the first round since KD left. No, since last year. Or since this season in the bubble. But before then, he did not make it out the first round since Katie left. So I don't know how big the market really is for Russell Westbrook. Let's move over to James Harden. James Harden is pretty much saying that you want to go to Brooklyn or you want to go to Philly. Philly's already come out and saying they're not willing to trade Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid, bead so more than likely it will be brooklyn if he gets traded if if they give him what he wants here's why i do not think it will work in brooklyn what do brooklyn what does brooklyn need one brooklyn needs to get healthy you know you have kd you have kyrie you have karis Devert, you have spencer Dinwiddie, you have a lot of pieces I think the most questionable piece right now is DeAndre Jordan, but you have pieces. I think you want to re-sign Joe Harris. You want to, you you have pieces though, and those pieces, one, need to play together, and we need to see what they have. I think when you, James Harden's already come out and said, or his agent or, or Woj or whatever says, he doesn't, he does not want to be in a situation where he has to be a catch and shoot player while I don't think he's going to be a complete catch and shoot player what do you think you're going to be when you have Kyrie Irving who is not a catch and shoot player and 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 Kevin Durant who when healthy was arguably the best player in the league like that there's only uh, and there's you know that's kind of like I'm kind of seeing this as or I'm looking at this move if he were to go to Bro- Brooklyn I'm looking at this move how I'm now seeing Russell Westbrook with James Harden when you have two players that play the same style which is James Harden and Kyrie Irving and then you have like I don't know how that's going to work and then now add in another superstar in Kevin Durant those and, and the thing is while yes Kevin Durant is different than Kyrie Irving and James Harden I think when healthy is better than both you have three players that primarily do the same exact thing outside of kevin Durant and the dribbling like think about this this is why golden state worked so well steph curry looked in the mirror and said you know what kevin Durant's better than me i'm not gonna i'm not gonna have this you know his team my team situation we're gonna try to we're gonna try to do what we gotta do we're gonna make it work steph curry works primarily outside the paint but he's also able to get people involved. He's also able to catch and shoot. He's also able to minimize his game to elevate others. Clay Thompson, catch and shoot defense. He's not gonna do a lot of dribble, dribble, dribble. Hell, there's a game where he had like sixty something points with like eleven dribbles, or fifty nine points with like eleven dribbles. He's not gonna, he's not gonna pat the ball like that. He's not gonna hold the ball like that. He's going to catch and shoot, and he's going to play lockdown defense. Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant can operate anywhere. Kevin Durant can operate from the three. Kevin Durant can operate from the mid range. Kevin Durant can do everything. He's also long enough to play defense at the paint three players. Hell. And if you want to add Draymond green, he's not going to give you much offensively, but he's going to distribute the ball. He's going to play hard nosed defense. He's going to be great in that aspect. You have three, you have four players that outside of Draymond green, let's say this, you have three players in Steph Curry, uh, Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson who have similar attributes, but have a total different approach to the game. Steph Curry, Get other people involved. Shoot the three, best three-point shooter in the world, ever. That's that's Steph Curry, but he he's also understand. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna reduce my game to increase others. Klay Thompson, I'm just gonna catch and shoot, and I'm also gonna play lockdown defense. Kevin Durant, I can operate anywhere. While I'm not, while Steph Curry's a better shooter or better shooter than me from deep, I'm a better sh- mid-range shooter. And I know, and I'm still seven feet and I can get to anywhere I want in the court, do what I got to do. When you look at Brooklyn with, with what is, what is, when, it, let's look at Brooklyn with James Harden. You have Kyrie Irving, uh, one of the best shot creators, especially under the rim in NBA history, uh, One of the best handles in NBA history, shoots a high volume of shots as a great shooter. James Harden, one of the best shot creators in uh, NBA history, one of the best people to draw fouls, uh, one of the best handles in in NBA history, shoots a high percentage or high volume. And we just talked about Kevin Durant. You have three people that do a majority of the same thing. To me. Brooklyn is not gonna work, and that's another that's another thing when you're looking at championship teams, I kind of view James Harden kind of like I do Russell Westbrook in a sense of while I think James Harden is better than Westbrook i I look at a championship team I don't think James harden and don't get me wrong this is no indictment on James Harden this is really no indictment on Russell Westbrook this is just what I see I don't see James Harden making you know putting I do see if okay. Let's look at the teams again. I don't see James Harden um, working in in Milwaukee. I don't see James Harden working in Denver. I don't see James Harden working in uh, Los Angeles when it comes to uh, Clippers or the Lakers. I don't see James Harden working in Golden State. I don't see James Harden working. I don't know. Any of those teams. I don't I don't see James Harden. Well, James Harden might work in Toronto. I can see James Harden working in Toronto. I can s I can see James Harden working in Miami. I can see James Harden working in Miami because you have Jimmy Butler who's not more not that much of a ball dominant or not that much of a shot creator as much as James Harden is. He'll just have to play defense because that's more of a hard nosed team. I don't see, I could see James Harden working in, uh, Boston. I just don't know. Well, I don't think they have enough for that contract, but I think that could ultimately stunt the growth of, you know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I can see James Harden working a couple places. I can see James Harden working in Philly. If You know, Ben Simmons is able to be like, all right. Well, I'm just gonna play. I'm just gonna play my natural position, which is power forward. Um, I can see places where James Harden will work. I don't see a lot of places where Russell Westbrook will work. But if I'm the Rockets, and here's here's what a lot of people aren't talking about: if I'm the Rockets, why do I? Would you do what what L.A. did with Kobe back in the day? As for people that don't know, Kobe did demand a trade and he wanted to go to, uh, he wanted to go to Chicago. He did. He went on, he went on the radio, Kobe Bryant, not his agent. Kobe Bryant went on the radio and said, I want to go. I want to trade out of, I, I don't want to be in, uh, Los Angeles anymore. I want to go to Chicago. And the Lakers were like, uh, nah, B. <laughs> Nah, you, you're on the contract, you staying here we'll, we'll get you some help But you, you're staying here I don't see Houston doing that with Russell Westbrook But what if Houston does What if Houston does that What is stopping Houston from doing that with James Harden? James Harden's on the contract Now, of course, James Harden can walk in free agency But, you know You know <laughs> Now, I do say this, though Houston has shown that they have not been able to get the right pieces around James Harden as much as, you know, in order to win a championship. They had a window with Chris Paul, but we saw, you know, Chris Paul injury and and going to Golden State. I just think it's I think it's I think. I don't know, man. I think this is a a fascinating story, and to see how it plays out. Like I said, the Bucks got better with with Drew Holiday. Phoenix got better with Chris Paul. You know, you're you're starting to hear Aaron Gordon's in trade talks, and I watch out for, you know, maybe Aaron Gordon maybe going to Golden State. Um, it's 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 uh, if if um, Philly's able or wanting to get changed their mind and wanting to get off maybe a uh Joel Embiid. Watch out for Golden State trying to get him with their second overall pick and a couple players. Like they the Spurs and you're hearing um you're hearing uh they might trade away DeMar DeRozan and the Lakers are interested in DeMar DeRozan. Like <laughs> just it's this is the time where you'll, you'll hear a lot of uh, a lot of trade rumors. You know, you'll hear a lot a lot of trade rumors. You will hear a lot of people's name in trades. Like we always hear Bradley Bill's name in trades. You'll hear a lot of uh, a lot of people's names in trades. This is the time because what agents try to do is agents want agents and teams try to make uh trying to make a player desirable for other players or for other teams. So those other teams can spend more than they're supposed to because they think that there's a market. That's what they tried to, to to create a market for this player. So you're going to, you're going to hear rumors saying, you know, LA wants Russell Westbrook, uh, Milwaukee wants Russell Westbrook, Orlando wants Russell Westbrook. Even if it's not true, you're creating a market. So you're going to hear a lot of trade rumors, a lot of this, that, and the third. So, you know, this is an exciting time. And, again, the, it's, everything is moving so fast. The NBA draft is tomorrow. So, you know, the NBA is, is back, back in full effect, you know. So we've already seen two big trades, and uh, bada bing, bada boom. was um, there anything else I want to talk about in the NBA i don't think so let's let's move on there's a you know uh, yes yes before i leave the nba there's a there's, there's a lot of sports but before i leave the nba i want to shout out uh Teresa witherspoon for getting promoted to assistant coach from the pelicans i think she's like the, the seventh uh fee- woman to uh be promoted to some type of coaching uh position for an nba team i think that this is just a step closer f- until we get i think let me say this i think that we are closer than we think um to a woman or yeah to a woman becoming a head coach of an nba team i think we're at a point in time now where at the end of the day, people don't care if you're a, a man or a woman, if whatever you are, all they care about is: Do you know the game of basketball, or do you know the game in a way that you can relay it to me? There's 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 woman trainers, there's woman barbers, there's woman hell. The, the vice president is a is a woman. Um, <laughs> This is the age of women and, you know, for the longest women have been, uh, people have tried to suppress women's opinion, women's voices, women's power. And I think that, you know, with the way that the world is going now, this is the time. So I say all that to say one shouts out to Teresa Witherspoon, who was a WNBA legend, by the way she again gets promoted to assistant coach for the pelicans and i am confident in saying that we will see a woman head coach of an nba team sooner than later in the very near future so again shouts out to saritha witherspoon and yeah man i think it's time's come the time has come hell we, you know, speaking on, uh, speak, staying on this shouts out to Kim, uh, Ning. I, I don't, I'm, I'm sure I said that wrong. It's NG. That's her last name. Kim Ning. She is the first woman and first Asian American GM, of an MLB team which is the Marlins. Like I said, this is this is the time for women. It's time, you know, women have always deserved our respect. They haven't gotten respect a lot of times uh, or most of the time from a lot of people, but you know, they they have been the backbone of America, man. They've been a backbone of families, they've been the backbone of of a lot of men and women's lives and it's it's time for I'm so glad that they're start they are starting to get recognized so shouts out to kim ning uh for again being the first woman and asian american so it's not just a woman but first asian Amer- Asian to become the GM of an mlb team mlb by the way who for the longest even though you've had greats like uh <laughs> Jackie Robinson, you've had greats like Barry Bonds. It's been a majority Caucasian sport, Caucasian and and Philip Hispanic sport. So to be a sport that's been historically Caucasian and Hispanic, to now have not only a woman as a GM, but an Asian American, this is huge. So shouts out to the Marlins, shouts out to Derek Jeter and them, shouts out to Kim Ning, and shouts out to the MLB. This is, the, this is again, the MLB, it, it's organizations that you're starting to see, are or organizations that primarily haven't gotten it right, you're starting to see it get right. Like the MLB, a little bit of the NFL even though the NFL is majority African American, and uh, who else? Oh, and NASCAR. You're starting to see see them at least try to get it right. So, shouts out again to the Marlins. Shout out to Kimning, uh, and shout out to the MLB. Uh, moving forward, South. Carolina, I mean, nothing really happened in college football outside of Michigan lost again. Man, and and I don't the The door is starting to close hard like close the door the sun is starting to set for jim hardball in michigan The thing is it'll be different you know it's it's tough trying to get a quarterback it's tough it's tough trying to make the right quarterback but you know the thing the difference between n f l and college is college is huge on recruiting, and most of the t- players as great as they are, as a lot of four- and five-star athletes that Michigan's using or Michigan has, they're just not working. And they just, I think it was Indiana, they got destroyed this weekend. And Michigan has a, has had a false sense of belief that they're a top program, which I don't understand why since they ain't really won in God knows how long. But a lot of people were able to forgive Jim Harbaugh seeing as though, yeah, you're not you're you're not able to beat the Ohio States, but you're still, you know, you're still finishing ten in ten in whatever, or nine, eight, or eight, nine, or ten win seasons. This isn't happening. And you're supposed to beat people like, you know, Indiana. You're supposed to be people like Michigan State. Like you're supposed to beat teams like that, and you're not. And while you're people are able to understand, okay, well, yeah, he he's, he 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 still hasn't beat Ohio State, but um, you know, you, you're still finishing 10 wins in a bowl game, uh, eight wins in a bowl game, nine wins in a bowl game, but you know, with COVID and everything, and then the players, these are the players that you recruited, as in Jim Harbaugh, I don't see I don't see how Jim Harbaugh comes back. Now he could, they could say, "Oh, you know, this is COVID, you know, this has been a crazy season." But teams that you've played in teams like Alabama, teams like Clemson, teams like BYU, teams like 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 Marshall, they've they've dealt with COVID as well. Everyone in this world is dealing with COVID right now and they're better than you guys. So, That's why I I think Michigan is starting to run out of patience with Jim Harbaugh. And I think this might be the last season that we see of Jim. Because, again, this is – these are your recruits. And it ain't working. He's, you know, he's never really had that coach. You had Shea Patterson. You have the quarterback that you have now. But he's he's never really had that quarterback. And it's not just the quarterback now. It's the quarterback. It's the running back. It's the – they don't look good at any point at any position. And I think this might be it for Jim. So, Oh, and, and South Carolina fires will must or mutually part ways, but they, they fire, uh, will must I mean, South Carolina is not good as a program. So, you know, um, moving forward, uh, Terrence Crawford wins easily against, uh, Cal brook. I think, I think it was like the f- f- fifth round, third or fourth round. And he, <laughs> he hit that man. Uh, it was a TKO. But um, I think he wants... I mean, we people, fans have wanted him to fight. And he has wanted to fight Eroy Spence. Um, but whether it's money, whether it's health, whether what it is, it hasn't happened. And Bob... Aram's the CEO of top rank boxing isn't really happy with Crawford because Crawford I believe is what 34 or 35 and 0 yet he hasn't really fought any big you know fought any prime like like fought any competition he didn't he hasn't fought Manny Pacquiao he hasn't fought uh Spence he hasn't fought most of these players, most of these fighters, and he doesn't really promote either, and that, that think that's what Bob Arum's uh, biggest gripe was, he doesn't promote himself, he doesn't, you know, he's not out here just all, oh, you know, I want to fight him, I want to fight him, or let me fight him, like Floyd used to do, or like Manny used to do, or like um, Shakur, uh, Shakur Stevenson does, or, or, um, hell, most boxers do, De La Hoya did, like, he doesn't do that and while it's kind it's, it's crazy man while he has a great record a lot of people look at it as like well who have you really beat you haven't really beat anybody man and again i shout he he right now is the best pound per pound fighter but you know until when he's getting older but until you really have that he has he doesn't have that signature win uh, a lot of people were saying that this Kell Brook match was just a, a money grab for him and a money grab for Brook. Brook looked huge but you know you could tell quickly like he he doesn't really he didn't really match up with I mean he's 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 out of his prime so which is that is Kell Brook. So you know until he really fights that until he has that signature win, Terrence Crawford is still arguably, you know, is still probably the best pound-for-pound fighter in boxing, but it's like, it's still like, eh, it's kind of, eh, like, who, who he really beat, you know what I mean? So, uh, lastly, lastly, before we go, um, shouts out to Dustin Johnson for winning the Masters. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I, I'm not, I don't, no, I mean, I don't. I don't really watch tennis. I mean, I don't really watch golf unless it's Tiger, and I didn't even watch Tiger. I heard Tiger was just horrible. He shot like a ten or something, which is like historically bad. I I think. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, I just shouts out to Dustin Johnson. So, for winning the Masters, kaboom! I think it was like his first one. So there you guys have it um i appreciate you guys for listening i appreciate you guys for watching uh i love you guys and uh, until next time man have a great great week much love
0: Lions, bangles, and bears, none of my guys scared. Chase, Rumble, and any one of them guys there. Wayne Young and he hungry. I pray we patient with him. I pray he leave with some money. I pray he leave with his health. Yeah, uh, the physical and mental. The thing I like about football is that stats kill opinions. Rap shit, I lick the niggas. I ain't about to knock it. This whole summer, I was buying all the winter product. And I tried being peaceful, but my peace was getting baba. So no doubt, we got them eagles. We go Carson Wentz, Stefani. Niggas say what's up with me, then they say what's up to me. They say I be lonely, but this weapon keep me company. Niggas think it's up with me, y'all don't want no problem, bro. Niggas say it's up with me, well buddy, that's insomnia. Yeah, and I'm not passive, but you know I'm not gonna stop. You got to scramble, right? You ain't got the blah. Uh, I could probably get you done without a half a thought. But you probably hurt yourself. You niggas guts for rot. Yeah. Olu Lufa running like too many offense. Like Kurt Warner. and Marshall Falk. I'm a fucking problem. You niggas playing both sides, but I am in my prime. I high step. If I pick six, it ain't 49. It's 60, nigga. See these women with us? <laughs> Some gonna play where they knows like they hitting the center. <laughs> Look, that's all I gotta say. Young for Lawrence, young Peyton, money's Jeff Saturday. Omaha, Omaha, all the bull I'm calling out. All the bills I got is blue. I be digging all my routes. I be stuck up in this condo whole time. I got a house, and these bitches get the blitzing while I'm checking bitches down. Checking on some DMs, check they pay, She got a spouse, but. <laughs> clout lions bangles and bears i'm fighting demons and fears i tighten up when it's time and mike rabel ain't here yeah i hate a favor when that shit ain't sincere some people want you in debt if they can't put you in fear i bring my savage out my jamal adams out flow is undisputed with my acting, and with my black and mouth. tell jason whitlock he a bitch and he a cracking now But, but that's a lot of y'all Somebody line up the charters, doctor for Tyra Thomas A punctured lung is a lump sum And a lot of lawyers We got a charter to the game It's hard to trust the owners They had their ducks in a row already Ain't no one loyal How about the Jag in LA? Like Jalen Ramsey, you heard? I got these M's on my mind Like it's the thundering hurt It's like I'm humble for real But y'all kicked off on this wall yeah. <laughs> Now I got the ball Come on